We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Remember, you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. What's up, Andrew? It's good to be back for another Friday edition of the podcast. Yeah, it really is great to be back. It feels like we haven't done a show in like a month. Doesn't I know. It? Yes. It's been a week and a half, the longest yep. week and a half ever. We did the post game after the NFC Championship game, and that show was, of course, brutal to do as a fan. But I have I flipped my mindset. I'm all positive going going <laughs> forward, Kyle. Is it too early for a mock draft right now? You better believe it. <laughs> I can almost hear people's eyes rolling around their heads like tin cans. Uh, but I think this activity is going to be fun for those who love the draft. But we also found a way to sneak in some hot topics from around the NFL. And this is how Kyle and I like to talk about things rather than just floating topic to topic through the offseason. So if you haven't been around the Packet Day podcast in the offseason, Kyle and myself, we're the draft guys. I'm calling that title. Uh, we we are going to be getting you prepped, doing some listener mock drafts, and just outright annoying the living daylights out of people who hate NFL draft content because that is what we do. That's absolutely right. And I will say we are in a much, much better place than we were last time we had to do a show. It's fun to be here. And this is called the Way Too Early Mock Draft for a reason, as Andrew said. Uh, but I think it does help us to get a feel for where the draft is strong, uh, maybe where it's weak, and what positions might make sense for the Green Bay Packers at the end of the first round when we get there. So Andrew and I have split the picks. I am taking odds. Andrew has the evens. And we are going to uh, have some fun with this. We're going to allow some trades throughout the process on the show today. And so uh, things might get a little messy. We know that. We're going to have some fun with it. Uh, but we're really excited to jump into this way too early mock draft. Yeah, we did our prep. I, I thought about all the teams I'm going to be drafting for, and even a couple that I'm not oh. as a special little treat. Okay. And, and we're going to find a way to incorporate some some crazy trade rumors going on around the NFL. We're going to be talking yes, a little I'm bit excited. about how free agency, how we anticipate it happening, might be imp- impacting these things. So um, at, at this point, 
Kyle, you are... <laughs> Sorry, my phone was taking a while to load here. You are now on the clock for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's just actually your ringtone, right? You just have that set. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really contemplating doing that now. That's good. So thank you. All right. Yeah, so I'm up number one overall. Obviously, Jacksonville Jaguars did not have the season uh, that, well, maybe they did have the season they were hoping because they're in this position. But um, I don't know how if we want to make this interesting and talk about this because uh, to me, there is one player uh, that this Jacksonville team must consider um, and that's Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson. The rest of the offense here in Jacksonville, they're close. They have Keenan Cole. Uh, they have LaVisca Chenault, DJ Shark, uh, all good pass catchers. And then James Robinson really came out of nowhere with a great uh, season, a great surprise for them at the running back position in 2020. And so uh, here, Urban Meyer does get his guy. And at least from an offensive perspective, this team, they're not that far from competing. And what you're assuming Jacksonville is getting here and someone like Trevor Lawrence makes all that possible and is enough to get, I think, this offense going in the right direction. So number one overall, pick is in Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson. Not a lot of drama going on there. I, I think I've said this on Twitter before. Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback that I've ever graded coming from a college perspective. That doesn't mean that he's a slam dunk to be a great NFL player, but um, from a prospect sense, he's about as close to Peyton Manning as I have ever graded. So um, what, what a what a great, brave pick by you there. <laughs> I know, I know. So now I'm on the clock at pick number two for the New York Jets. Um, I'm looking to trade out. So I, I just want to see if there's any calls Are you? coming in. Are you? Okay. Um, this is fun. We're getting started here with uh, a little bit of chaos. Let me see here. I've got a got an idea what am I, I might like to do here. Oh, are we? Are we? I, I, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot to turn that one off. Forgot to turn that one off. Hey, listen. Uh, hey, this is uh, Brad Holmes with the Detroit Lions, and I'm sitting here with my buddy John Dorsey, and we'd like to get a little aggressive here if you're interested. We'd like to move up uh, to that number two overall pick that you guys have. Uh, We'd be willing to to part with some, we think, pretty fair capital to do so. Uh, We'd part with seven overall, and uh, we just got a first-round pick uh, from the Rams recently, you might have heard. So uh, tell me what you need. Uh, We're interested in coming up to two. Okay. Um, That's interesting. That's that's interesting, Kyle. Um, so a one this year, a one next year. I'm sliding down from two to seven. I think you got to give me something a little bit more than that. So let's say a third this year. So so uh, seven, whatever your third round pick is, and then um, one of those 2022 first round picks. Okay. All right. Uh, my buddy John Dorsey here is uh, pretty bent on making this happen. Uh, so I think I think we're good with that. Let's let's make that a deal. All right, so then you're going to make the pick since since you traded up. So now you're the okay. Detroit okay. Lions at number two. I stole your pick here. All right, fun. Uh, so the Lions came up uh, with something in mind here. Um, Zach Wilson is obviously here on the board, number two. And obviously there's a lot of conversation about which quarterback, Justin Fields, could be the option here if the Lions do decide to build uh, for the future at the quarterback position. But I think that John Dorsey is going to have his eye on Zach Wilson. And it may take a lot to get from seven to two. Uh, maybe too much with other teams competing for that pick. Uh, but I think that they're pretty excited to get Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU here at the uh, the second overall pick there in Detroit. That's a very interesting one. And, you know, I, I think I, I got to be honest. I have Justin Fields higher than Zach Wilson a little bit significantly so. But from a, a fit standpoint and from what I'm hearing from, you know, the sort of rumor mills in the NFL – a lot of people love Zach Wilson, so that yeah. that could be fun to to add him over in uh, Detroit. Yeah. All right, so I get to keep going here. I'm up with the. Yeah, you're still you're still on uh, number three. Okay. Um, I I stole that pick from you, but I'm on the clock here again, uh, with Miami and the Dolphins. Uh, but before we just assume that Miami picks here, I mean, there's a lot of drama, a lot of rumors out right now. I'd like to see if we can swing maybe a draft date trade here. Uh, with those Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson. I know that's a lot to ask. That's a lot to get done on draft day with a, a trade of this size. Um, but would you be the Texans, Andrew? Would you be interested in that? Yeah, I, I said I would be any teams that don't have okay. picks. So All right, let's the Texans, make this happen. Texans are one of those. All right, let's do it. 
Let's make this happen. Oh, we're doing the phone again, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> hey, uh, this is uh, Chris Greer, the GM with the Miami Dolphins. And uh, as you know, we've been talking a little bit last couple weeks and haven't quite got a deal done here for your uh, your man Deshaun there. Um, we know he doesn't want to be there. And so, uh, you know, we think maybe he'd like to play for us. What's it going to take to get this done uh, to bring uh, Deshaun Watson to the Miami Dolphins? So I, I anticipated that some team was going to come a call in about Deshaun. So, I, you know, when I was thinking about this, what is Watson worth? Um, it, that's, it's a difficult question, but I think, you know, sort of the template here is a young quarterback. The Dolphins have that with Tua. A high first-round pick this year. The Dolphins have that with three. And then I think you, you go multiple first-rounders. So I probably would be willing to do this for three. Uh, looking down our draft board, it looks like Miami picks 18. Um, stealing the 2022 first-round pick. So that's three first-round picks and then Tua Tagovailoa. Okay. Um, I mean, we knew it wasn't going to be cheap. Uh, I really... I hate parting with uh, 118 later in the first round here just because uh, I'm being transparent with you because this is a podcast and not real life, but I'd really like to take a wide receiver. Uh, but I also know I have a pick early in the second round, so uh, maybe I can get my receiver later. I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to get our franchise quarterback uh, there cemented for the Miami Dolphins. So um, I believe that's worth celebrating, right? Deshaun Watson's a, a Dolphin. <laughs> But that means that you're now on the clock, I think, uh, if, as the Houston Texans, right? Uh, yes. In in fact, it does. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I totally got lost in the trade. It, it's interesting to me, right? Like, so three first-round picks, the guy who was the number five pick last year in, in Tua, that yeah. seems really rich. But if you can come out of, let's say, let's say – you know, you had four first round picks over a two year period and you came out of that with three busts and a franchise quarterback, you'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You would. Right. Yeah. And 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 that's what the Dolphins are getting. And and you're taking a a franchise quarterback, like a top five, six quarterback in the NFL who's still very young. And you're putting him on a defensive roster that was good enough to get you to 10 wins with an offense that couldn't throw the ball at all. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and was playing undrafted rookies at running back. I mean, and and don't forget, Miami has a bunch of cap space. So if they wanted mm-hmm. to go out and get an Allen Robinson, Will Fuller, um, one of those kind of top-notch wide receivers, that way they could. They're still going to have that pick at the top of the second round. So um, love, love how Miami comes out of this. If I'm Houston, I'm probably looking to trade down from number three. My my guess is if this trade happens, it'll be before the draft. But since it didn't, and we're not going to play this game, we're keep moving all around the draft yeah. board because I'm going to get a headache. Um, if I'm doing this trade, I have to believe in Tua if I'm Houston. So um, I'm going to give Tua the chance to thrive, and I'm going to give him the dude that he played with in college, in Devonta Smith. And I wow. think that that uh, reunion is going to be really great for Tua. He, you know, one of the reasons why Tua struggled so much last year is because none of the Dolphins receivers could get open. And Tua was used to throwing to very open wide receivers. And so I think this will be a good story. I think it excites the fan base. It gives them something to believe in, something to look forward to. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Um, it's a little surprising there uh, with Devonta Smith, you know, uh, maybe a little bit earlier than some people think. But I think that you're, you're right on track, right, saying this franchise is rebuilding and it needs to be something that they can get behind as far as the fans feeling like, OK, it's not what we thought it was going to be. Uh, but this is something exciting and some chemistry between quarterback and really, I mean, one of the most electric wide receivers to come out of college football in some time. So uh, exciting. I mean, we have some fun here. Uh, lots of trades at the top here, but uh, let's get back on on uh, the rails here with uh, the fourth overall picks, sir. Yeah, and I don't think we'll see as many trades over the next several picks, <laughs> at least not from my end. But um, at number four, the Atlanta Falcons, um, I'm going to go with um, 
a quarterback here. And personally, for the Falcons, I'd rather have Trey Lance as a developmental guy, but Fields is just a superior product, in my opinion. And, you know, Justin Fields happens to be here at number four. I don't love forcing Fields to learn in an offense that Matt Ryan is also going to have to be able to run, but sitting and learning is going to be great for his development. And Arthur Smith, the new head coach, he got the most out of Ryan Tannehill, and Fields is a much better prospect than Tannehill ever was. So I think that's a really cool pick. And if you're Atlanta, yeah, you're tempted to trade down and really elongate that Matt Ryan, Julio Jones um, stretch of their careers, but you may never get this high up and have the opportunity to take what is going to be quarterback two or three, depending on your rankings um, in this draft. So get that future franchise quarterback. Yeah. So after a really interesting start, we've got four offensive players, uh, three quarterbacks, and I'm going to keep the run going here on offense uh, in a little bit different way here. The Bengals are up at number five. And to me, with the board the way it is, there's just really one way to go here. You've got your franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow. Uh, he got injured late in the year, and you, you've you got to keep him upright. You can't invest in a quarterback of Burrow's caliber and then not surround him with what he needs to succeed. Um, and he needs offensive line help in a really big way. And so I'm taking offensive tackle uh, Penny Sewell here out of Oregon. Uh, we're not going to overthink this. We've got to give Burrow some help. And right here, we're able to do that at number five. Yeah, I, I think the that uh, Joe Burrow would have to uh, press criminal charges against Cincinnati if they didn't get us yeah. off at the line hope. And uh, Sewell is a really good way to do that. And number six is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, my notes here, it just says the Eagles defense stunk. <laughs> and and honestly, that's before they have to dig themselves out of a landfill of bad contracts. So you need to be good at cornerback to deal with the Cowboys. Their their fleet of wide receivers. You also have Terry McLaurin on the Washington football team. I'm not even sure the Giants have wide receivers on their team, but that doesn't matter. Um, so the top-rated defensive player that I had here was Patrick Sertain, the second, uh, the cornerback from Alabama. And uh, he absolutely is going to fit a big need for Philly, who's going to have a lot of big needs. Um, but, yeah, I think Sertain makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. That's a good pick. A uh, really valuable player um, here. And I think I'm on the it, clock. You're, you're back because you stole <laughs> I, this pick. I, I scribbled it out and I was like, <laughs> what's going on here? So I hesitated. Uh, yeah. So we made that trade. So Detroit slides up to number two. Um, so I'm the New York Jets and I get pushed back down to number seven. Um, because of the trade, I'm going three times in a row, in fact. So the Jets nice. moved back. Um, and if they move back from two... It probably, like, logically in my head means that they don't want to take a quarterback, right? Um, you, you end up getting that extra third. You get a third first-rounder for 2022, which is great for um, team building. So I'm going to steer clear of Trey Lance in this situation. I think Robert Sala and Michael LeFleur are actually serious when they say to the press that they want to give Sam Darnold a chance. So... I think you got to go get him a weapon, and Jamar Chase is still on the board, the wide receiver from LSU. He seems like a great fit in that Shanahan scheme um, that they're going to be running in New York. So, so sign me up for some Jamar Chase, Sam Darnold, Jamar Chase. I think you're right on track there. I think Denzel Mims. Ooh, kind of yeah. like that. All right, that's that's fun. I think you're right. If they trade out, it's not going to be to take someone uh, like Trey Lance or something like that because it. It'd be hard to swallow that if you're up at two and you could have your pick of all the quarterbacks. You slide down and take a quarterback. So I like what you did there. Um, and I'm not planning on taking a wide receiver in the next couple picks here for these teams. But I guess you're up here uh, with oh, number yeah. eight, the Carolina Panthers. After talking about being on three times in a row, I screwed this up again. What are, so, you, uh, what are you doing for Carolina? I'm, I'm the Carolina Panthers. Um, I had... Uh, one thing written down, and that was try to get a quarterback. I meant to try to trade up, but I guess I didn't mean to, or need to. Um, they're going to go ahead and get their quarterback of the future in the aforementioned Trey Lance, the quarterback out of North Dakota State. He can uh, spend a year behind Teddy and then take over the offense, and they have a bunch of playmakers. Um, so, you know, in 2022, it looks like that could be a great transition for him. And I'm proud of the Panthers for drafting a player who isn't on the defensive side of the ball after they <laughs> took 100% defensive players in last year's draft. 
Yeah, absolutely. And what a fun, I mean, Trey Lance has got a lot of development to do and he's got a long way to go. Uh, but what a great situation to come into to learn. But then also the weapons that they have there. Um, it's a great situation for him to step in and eventually succeed there in that offense. But um, I'm up number nine here with the Denver Broncos and the Broncos best corner. Last year was Bryce Callahan, who's their nickel, and he was really good. But the guys on the perimeter really, really struggled for them. And A.J. Bouye was actually handed a suspension uh, for PEDs that will carry over into the 2021 season. Um, there seems to be two consensus corners at the top of the draft boards thus far in this class, uh, Patrick Sertain, who Andrew grabbed for the Eagles, and then Caleb Farley. And so I'm going to take Farley here for the Denver Broncos, the Virginia Tech corner, uh, to help Vic Fangio uh, have a better unit this coming season on the defensive side. That's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the Broncos, who went really wide receiver heavy last year, are sitting looking at this board with only one wide receiver uh, gone so far, like... <laughs> Oh, what did we do? Um, <laughs> uh, stop taking wide receivers, Denver. Yeah. <laughs> so um, at pick 10, I have the Dallas Cowboys, and they need a right tackle real bad. And actually, they might need a left tackle because Tyron Smith may get cut to make cap room to to resign Dak Prescott. So um, I'm going to go with Rashawn Slater, the tackle out of Northwestern. He can probably play all five positions on the offensive line, and he's really good um, at all of them. And Dallas loves building up those dudes up front. So uh, Slater's an easy pick. And some people will tell you that Rashawn Slater is a better prospect than Penny Sewell. Um, I haven't finished tackles yet so I don't know if I'm one of those but that that's a really hot take considering Penny Sewell has been like that hot future dynasty left tackle mm -hmm. since like basically this time last year yeah yeah no I'm with you I was just gonna say the same thing that it'll be really interesting to see how this falls because you have seen so many people saying maybe that offensive tackle one spot isn't as settled as a lot of people say and I saw someone say that Slater is a little bit maybe better mover and there's a little bit more strength uh, with someone like Sewell so it'll be interesting to see which teams prefer which guy uh, but again we both are a little ways away from finishing our tackles so <laughs> speaking from ignorance here but I'm up at number 11 uh, with the New York Giants um, and you could go about a million different directions here with the Giants but we know how much uh, Dave Gettleman loves big defensive linemen and the Giants need to get better against the run and in generating pressure and so as I look through uh, who's left here on the board Michigan's Quiddy Pay is a big dude he's a super talented defensive end who can help you against the run and the pass and just feels like a Dave Gettleman pick to me so at number 11 I'm taking Quiddy Pay the edge from Michigan. Yeah, I really like that because as good as their defensive line was at points last year, and you know, you, you saw that that stretch like when they went into Seattle and won that their defensive line was really taking over games, they lacked a lot of of pass rush off the edge. And Quiddy Pay certainly is gonna bring that for you and, and I, I think that's a really, really good pick for, for the New York Giants. I'm on the clock at 12 for the San Francisco 49ers, and oh man, Kyle, what are you doing to me here? <laughs> How oh, did you geez. let Kyle Pitts fall this far? Oh, I, I am so tempted to take him. So if you don't know who Kyle Pitts is, he's a tight end of Florida. He's like going to be the next superstar tight end. At at, at least he's he he's going to get blown up that way, and just a super <laughs> dynamic pass receiver. You could combine him with George Kittle and Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. I don't know. I'm We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Probably forgetting some playmakers that the 49ers have. That would be unstoppable, even if you're forced to play with Jimmy Garoppolo. But... But number one, I don't want to do that because (laughs) it's going to give me nightmares. But Trent Williams is a free agent and I think they're going to try to lock him up. But even so, there's a guy on the board I just can't ignore. And that is the offensive tackle from Virginia Tech, Christian Derisau. Um, He's a great fit in the outside zone blocking scheme. And they can afford to draft him and keep him for a year if they decide, um, you know, that they're going to be able to keep Trent Williams around for one more season. Um, Or even, you know, right tackle Mike McGlinchey, as good as he is, is getting paid a ton. And so his his time could be numbered and you can never have too many tackles in the NFL. So, I mean, Derisaw just gives him an embarrassment of riches up front. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Oh, Andrew. Uh, I'm up here at 13, and um, Darisaw was on my list here because we're talking about the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I don't want to force a pick here, but I do feel like there's a correct path for the Chargers. Uh, The Chargers, they hit a home run last year with Justin Herbert, and they just have to be over the moon excited about the future that's in front of them with Herbert in the fold. Uh, But they need to make sure he stays in one piece. And I haven't uh, watched the offensive tackles from this class too closely yet, like we've said. But uh, what I've seen of Samuel Cosme, I have liked. And Cosme is the offensive tackle from Texas. And uh, so that's going to be the pick here. Darisaw would have been really, really intriguing, but I'm still going to stick with the tackle position and feel pretty good about the pick uh cause me to the chargers here to give justin herbert some help and we just did a really unfortunate thing to the poor poor minnesota vikings because they're on the clock at number 14 and they would have loved either of those two offense tackles i can tell you as their gm those are the two names i was looking at so i'm looking for you to bail me out here kyle uh there's still some really talented players on the board especially skill position players You got any teams that want to trade up to number 14 with the Minnesota Vikings? See, I got uh, 17 with the Raiders. I am good there. Oh, I'll come up here. uh, Here. This makes official here. (laughs) Thanks for the phone call again. (laughs) Hello. You're welcome. welcome. Um, Listen, this is... uh, I, who am I? <laughs> this is the this is the Washington football team. Is their GM? Is it Mayhew? Martin so, Martin yeah. Mayhew with the Washington football team. That's who I am. Uh, we're a, we're a few picks in back of you here. Uh, we'd like to make a move up if you're interested. Uh, what's that going to take? Uh, you said 19, so 14 and 19. 19. Let's say a third round pick. Okay, That'd be fair. We got first and third. Uh, yeah. 76. Yeah, we'll do 19 and 76 to come up to your 14. All right, you are on the clock, Washington football team. All right. Um, with the 14th pick, the Washington football team selects Jalen Waddell, wide receiver oh. from Alabama. Love it, Kyle. Yes, I love that he's not a Minnesota Viking. I'll tell you that much. Well, the, yeah, the Vikings only play two wide receivers, so I wasn't even considering that. But for Washington, that makes all the sense in the world, right? Like, the, the problem is they don't have a quarterback <laughs> <laughs> to throw the ball, but now you you have 
Terry McLaurin, Jalen Waddle. That's exciting. It really is. And McLaurin being freed up to, uh, you know, not be the sole target and focus of a defense is a big deal there. So I'm glad you offered me the opportunity. And I do think it's a, a pick that makes a lot of sense for the Washington football team. And I'm, this is probably, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm totally cutting you off here. This is probably that first spot in this draft where we're seeing these teams that have huge quarterback needs and aren't going to get addressed. And this is something, like, people need to realize there are finite resources out there in this quarterback market. And a team like Washington could very well, if they're not, like, crazy aggressive and able to acquire somebody in in a different way, right? Watson's off the board in this case. The top four quarterbacks went. Now you're left making a decision. Do I want to reach for one of these second-tier quarterbacks? Or am I going to go out and play a season with a Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston as my quarterback, which they very well may. But you're getting weapons for him, so I'm I'm excited about that. You make a good point about the quarterbacks and how they're going to come off the board and not come off the board for all these teams that would be interested. And I'm up here at number 15 with another team that would probably be interested in that quarterback scenario. And that's the new England Patriots. Um, And I'm going to do something really annoying here because obviously uh, the, the quarterback situation is not in in the cards with the players on the board. Uh, But Bill Belichick just lucks into these best player available situations. It seems like, and Kyle Pitts, um, is the, the tight end that Andrew alluded to a couple minutes ago. He's a big need for them as well and an offensive weapon. So uh, I don't know that a lot of people are talking about Pitts has to be considered more than just a tight end. He is that offensive weapon to play in the slot. Uh, you can't think of him just as a tight end. But the Patriots need offensive weapons in general, and he's a special player. And so it's really hard for me to see Belichick uh, getting this player, uh, but it's also really hard for me to see Belichick passing on Pitts if he's on the board at number 15. So Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, goes 15 overall to the Patriots. I have 16 for the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, they need a replacement for Patrick Peterson, who is kind of brutal at times. I think uh, Father Time sort of winning that matchup. But I'm going to go with cornerback J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. He's the last guy that I have on that upper tier of corners. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely needs to put on weight. He needs to learn how to tackle or at least be more willing to tackle. But <laughs> he can be an absolute blanket in man coverage, and that would really help to uh, solidify that, that Cardinals secondary. Absolutely. Number 17, the Las Vegas Raiders are up and they need some help with their pass rush. Uh, We're just a couple drafts away from Cleveland Farrell going much higher than people expected. And he had a pretty good sophomore season in the NFL. But the Raiders, uh, other rushers, Nassib, Max Crosby, uh, really underwhelmed uh, this past season. So I've got them. I'm going to I'm going to have them taking. uh, I'm I'm not sure about this. I think you're going to give me a hard time about this because I know. We, we talked about some of this off the pod, but I'm having them pick Miami's Gregory Rousseau here. Uh, he's 6'4", uh, 260. I think he fits the physical mold that Las Vegas will be looking for in an edge rusher. He's uh, really young. He's a redshirt uh, sophomore. <laughs> he won't turn 21 until right before the draft. So as good as he's been in college, the little bit that he's shown, uh, the sky's the limit for Rousseau. That's the kind of player he is. So uh, Gregory Rousseau, the edge from Miami, goes to the Raiders. A redshirt sophomore, Kyle, huh? Yeah, you, you don't think Mayak and Gruden only draft fifth-year seniors who won like 50 college games and were also like their team captains? I thought that's yeah. what they were looking for. <laughs> I honestly, I that that's a great pick. The Raiders need help on defense. Period. Their defense was just brutal, and and you know, getting that pass rush fixed will go a long ways to or towards uh, fixing some other things that are going on. Uh, I believe, if my notes are correct, I am on the clock for the Houston Texans. At number 18 as one of those picks that they got from Miami. That's right. And I'm going to go with Elijah Vera Tucker, the interior offensive lineman from USC. Uh, who do we take first? Devonta Smith. So uh, now they get the best interior offensive lineman in the draft. That's going to help protect two up the middle. If you trade for him, you have to see what he can do. And, you know, to me, Vera Tucker is an instant starter. And it's probably going to be one of your guards for the next 10 years. So, um, Think what you might, 
might about the return on Deshaun Watson being Devontae Smith and Elijah Vera Tucker. Maybe not the most exciting thing in the world, but definitely very solid. And, you know, they get the chance to see if they got something with Tua. Uh, I'm also on the clock at 19, and uh, this is the Minnesota Vikings uh, in that trade down with the Washington football football team uh, where they got the extra third-round pick. And I think now is a good time to take that offensive lineman before there's another run on them. So I'm going to go with Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. He is a really solid player. I think the Vikings could push him inside with that really uh, good young offensive tackle duo they have, but he can cross-train at a few positions, and and he'll be a a good addition uh, for a team that really needs to shore up that O-line. And then I'm also on the pick, uh, on the clock at pick 20 for the Chicago Bears. And they really need a wide receiver, but uh, I can't resist here. Um, there's an uber athletic linebacker who has great instincts. And Kyle is a Notre Dame kid. So you know everybody in Chicagoland is going to buy this guy's jersey on day one. So <laughs> Absolutely. the pick is Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa, the linebacker out of Notre Dame. He's going to be really exciting next to Roquan Smith. That is a very talented linebacking core for the Chicago Bears that you put together there. Um, man, we have blown through the offensive tackles. It's really interesting in this mock. Uh, the Colts are kind of in a weird place. I'm up at 21 with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they showed a playoff caliber team in 2020, and then they've lost Phillip Rivers to retirement. Uh, so who knows really who the signal caller is going to be for this team next year. They didn't uh, win the Stafford sweepstakes, so uh, we don't know there. But no quarterbacks, again, are, are really close to being a value here. So uh, the Colts also lost Anthony Costanzo to retirement as well. And I don't know that that's really been talked about a lot, but that's a big loss for this team. And so right here, I think the better move is to go ahead and draft the future at offensive tackle to ensure this offensive line remains what is one of the best in the league. So I'm taking... Michigan offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield right here. Uh, Mayfield held up pretty well in his opportunities against Chase Young and Yeter Gross Matos last year. And I think many are pretty optimistic about his ceiling as a player. So I think the Colts are excited to snag Mayfield here in the latter portions of round one. So Jalen Mayfield, the Colts, 21. 21. Uh, I'm on the clock at 22 for the Tennessee Titans. And uh, my notes say they were a disaster at edge. <laughs> there was the Vic Beasley experiment. There was J. Van Clowney who barely played. Um, so I'm going to go. I, I got an edge right at the top of the list here. Uh, Joseph Asai, Edge, Texas. Is there a reason you didn't talk about Landry? Is that like a PTSD I, he thing? He actually had, I think he had a rough year. If Did he? I, I didn't know. Correctly. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, the, the, the Titans, um, we're really, I mean, they were, they were pretty successful as a team, but I just, I, I think that that edge position, if if Landry's going to be your guy, and I don't think he's an every down player, I never sure. really did, um, but if if he's your guy, you still need help on on third downs across from him because they don't have much um, outside of that. Really good interior. Not so great on the edges. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with how Landry had played this year, but I know we both were pretty big Landry fans as that uh, speed rusher when he came out. So um, always interesting to keep tabs on uh, those players that we liked a couple years ago. But number 23, the New York Jets are up here uh, in a pick that they got from the Seahawks. Micah Parsons is still on the board here, and he's a really polarizing prospect right now for a couple of reasons. Obviously, he sat out uh, 2020, which isn't really a problem in evaluating him. Uh, but the bigger issue right now has to do with some off-field incidents that teams have been scrambling for answers, uh, just trying to figure out what, what happened. And so that's why he's slipping in a lot of mocks you'll see around uh, Twitter and those kinds of things. And it's why he's on the board here, I think, for us at 23. We don't quite know what to do with it. Uh, but new head coach Robert Sala had a bunch of defensive talent, especially at that linebacker position out in San Francisco. And I think he'd be pretty excited to land someone of Parsons' talent this late in the draft. Obviously, they got to vet uh, the player and get answers to the questions. Um, but you cannot deny the talent of someone like Micah Parsons. And I think the Jets are pretty psyched to get Micah Parsons in the fold out of Penn State here. 
Yeah, I think that so far that's a really fun draft for the Jets, right? Jamar Chase, Micah Parsons, you, you come away with that with your two picks. Um, plus, they stashed an additional one with the trade down in 2022, um, and that's a super fun player to get Robert Sala on defense. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 24, and uh, I don't think there's ever been a more Pittsburgh Steeler player available than Liam Eichenberg, the tackle out of Notre Dame. Uh, just super solid tackle from day one. The Steelers are going to need help keeping Ben upright because I guess Ben Roethlisberger's coming back. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me because his arm looked totally dead, but um, he's going to come back. And so you need somebody to uh, keep the pass rushers off him. And then uh, they their running game was terrible down the stretch. So um, somebody to keep them going and Eichenberg can do both really, really solid tackle. All right. 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars in a pick they got from the Rams. Uh, they got their pick or They got their quarterback rather in Trevor Lawrence, obviously first pick out of the gate. Um, this is a pick that they hope is the face of their franchise for the next 15 years. And as we discussed earlier, the weapons are pretty good there in Jacksonville, but the offensive line, especially those offensive tackles are, I would venture to say, atrocious. And it's irresponsible to bring in a quarterback like Lawrence and not make protecting him priority 1A. So lots of tackles have already been taken. Uh, but Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State is someone that I think could rise through this process. And I'm going to have the Jags taking them here at 25. There are questions about Jenkins' technique. And he did opt out this year, uh, so he didn't get a chance to really grow past some of those things. Uh, but the nice thing about Jenkins is that you can start him at tackle, probably right tackle. And if you need to, you, you're pretty sure you can slide him inside to guard, which is still something that's going to help your team and especially still help the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I like the ceiling here with Tevin Jenkins, and I'm okay with the floor as well for the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> and if my math is correct, through the first 25 picks, we've taken nine offensive linemen, including eight <laughs> players that I have labeled as tackle. But obviously, that, we talked about some of is them. Is that too many? <laughs> that that seems like a lot. Uh, that's way more than I would have expected. But like, it makes sense, right? Team right. needs these players probably are worth that that draft range. So wow. Um, which you know, if if you're if you're looking at the Packers coming up here in. Uh, three picks um that's interesting because they do need a tackle but this is also pushing some some other players down the board um i have the cleveland browns at 26 uh this is gonna uh, i don't know what to do here kyle (laughs) i I had something in mind and now i i sort of changed my mind all right here here's what i'm gonna do this is a little bit of reach but the Browns definitely need help on the defensive line. Um, this class really doesn't have much in terms of defensive line players. And there's only one guy that's sort of high. Normally, I would say he's like a second round pick. But um, just because of the the supply being so limited mm-hmm. here, it's going to yeah. push my demand up. And I'm going to take Christian Barrymore, the defensive lineman out of Alabama. Um which is fine. I think, yeah. you know, you, you, you need that help. I think, you know, if we were sitting here and we were going to go into the second round, I'd try to trade down. But um, mm-hmm. it's not worth it at this point. You just go out and you, you get the guy that's going to fill that need. That's really interesting. And I think Barmore is a player that if he's on the board for the Packers at 29, depending on how they value the position relative to what else is available in the draft, could be a really interesting player. We'll learn a lot more about him throughout the process. And if he fits, you know, what the Packers may may value as a need but um, obviously he's not going to be in the cards for us here in a couple picks now Uh, but um, I'm up at 27 the Baltimore Ravens are on the clock and the Ravens consistently always have some of my favorite draft classes it just always seems to happen every spring Uh, they seem to let good football players fall to them and for me same thing is happening right here Rashad Bateman the wide receiver is a great value here at 27 and he fills a huge need for these Ravens. Um, Baltimore has Mark Andrews. They have speed and Hollywood Brown. But I think they need that big X receiver. And Bateman is that guy. He's not a top speed guy. But again, 
they have Hollywood. And Bateman's best traits, his route running and his release, are going to help him make a smooth transition to the NFL. Um, I, I know Ben Fennel has comped Bateman to Allen Robinson, um, which I didn't know that I was going to love Bateman. And I accidentally saw that comp before I watched him. And that probably made me like Bateman maybe more than I maybe even should have. But the Ravens would be absolutely psyched if they landed a player of that caliber at number 27 overall. So I love the fit here for the Ravens getting Rashad Bateman. Yeah, and so I'm going to mentally prepare you for something right now. You love Rashad Bateman. As people get deeper into the draft cycle, Packer fans are going to fall in love with Rashad Bateman. Just stop now. Do yourself a favor. We all went through this with Justin Jefferson, and what did I say a week before the draft? Andy Herman was tweeting about how much he loved Justin Jefferson, and I said in response, you can look this up if you don't believe me, I've decided I'm going to hate Justin Jefferson because I know for a fact the Minnesota Vikings are going to draft yep, him. Yes. And what happened? Rashad Bateman, I purposely went out of my way to not take him for the Bears because that's what's going to happen oh, in real life. He's, oh, yeah. he's going to ascend the draft boards and he's going to get taken at 20 by the Bears. Absolutely. I was just scrolling back up to 20 to see uh, how high <laughs> he would have to go. And we know he's not going to be a Viking because they took care of that need yeah. last year. But, I mean, it, it's... Uh, Makes a little bit too much sense there at 20 with the Bears and maybe Allen Robinson leaving town. So He's uh, super fun, and I could see him going on the trajectory of uh, Allen Robinson, of a Devontae Adams, where like by year three, you're just like, how do we deal with this guy? Um, and yeah, I, super fun. That would be a great fit in Baltimore. I have number 28 for the New Orleans Saints, and they are going to look like a really unfamiliar roster next year because um, they are going to have to totally clear-cut their roster just to get under the cap. So I'm just going to give them uh, the guy that is my best player available. That is Zavin Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. He is a big athletic freak um, to me. He should be a pretty good fit next to Demario Davis if Demario Davis can somehow <laughs> survive this roster implosion that the Saints are about to undergo. And that brings us to the pick that we've been waiting uh, 40 minutes for, the Green Bay Packers. This is fun. Okay, so we've arrived. No pressure. Uh, no, yeah, I know. I guess this is me. 29 overall, the Green Bay Packers. Um, I've, got a, I've got a player or two. I, I've, I've got a player I'm going to go with here in mind. Um, but I want to know... Un, unadjusted for my opinion where you would go here, Andrew. I think I know who you're going to pick. Okay. Um, and if it if I'm right, I won't disagree with it. But who who I would go with, you're going to hate me for this. I, I am never going to hear the end of this ever. <laughs> Don't. I would pick, because this has fallen the way it did, the linebacker that I wanted in Collins is gone. There's no defensive line option. The offense tackles are all gone. Bateman's gone. I would go with running back Travis Etienne out of Clemson. And uh, just imagine Twitter just burning if they picked a <laughs> running back. Um, but here's my thought process. I love yeah. the playmaking ability as a replacement for Aaron Jones. I also love the idea of getting Aaron Rodgers as many playmakers as possible. And um, I think a combo of Dylan and ETN would be about as much fun as, uh, you know, I could tolerate being somebody who doesn't like fun. (laughs) That's a good point. Listen, you did. I I was expecting you to go a little bit different direction here. But you always say you don't pay running backs. I'm not paying them. I know you're not. I know it's different. But we fight about this on a daily episode or daily basis on Twitter and then on a week-to-week basis on, on each episode of the show. You don't pay a running back, but, but you're going to become the guy who takes the running back in the first round. Like, that, yeah. that's – yeah, okay. It worked all right. out all right for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Did it? Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like – but, I mean, is he the reason, though? I don't know that I, I would play that card, like – as the reason. Well, no, I mean, like, this isn't going to be like a roster changing player at 29. I, I think I think you're looking for somebody who can make a really big impact and you're going to have to replace Aaron Jones because like it or not, they're not going <sighs> to be able to pay Aaron Jones. And so I think this is the way you do that. And if if the draft board had fallen differently, no, I would absolutely not take ETN first. But I, I just think with the way it is. You go get a playmaker for Aaron Rodgers and, and, and you know, people talk about the all in philosophy. 
And I don't necessarily like gravitate towards that, but I think at some point you just have to be like, let's give Aaron Rodgers as many weapons as we possibly can, and we'll hope that the new defensive coordinator can figure out the defensive problems. And we're we're just gonna like try to like score forty every game. <laughs> okay, so there's a couple reasons why I I would I would go a different direction here. First, Najee Harris is probably gonna be my running back one, even yeah, though he's a right. little bit more similar to AJ Dillon than. Um, ETN is. Um, so I understand that the fit is better with ETN. So it's hard for me to pick ETN when Najee Harris is still on the board, even though the Packers don't probably need a Najee Harris. So that's tough for me. Uh, but I do, I, I get what you're saying as far as the playmaker ability and those kinds of things with giving Rodgers what the best you know playmaker is on the board. Um, but for me, I'm falling in love with so many running backs that are going to go later in this draft that it's hard for me to swing the bat here when I know that there's guys I want to take a chance on a little bit later. But ETN's obviously a special player. I'm not going to be upset if he's a Green Bay Packer. Uh, but Twitter would burn to the literal ground <laughs> if this happens. So uh, good on Andrew Mertig for uh, causing that kind of chaos in the world. I like it. Um, okay, I'm going to tell you now what I'm going to do. Um, I honestly don't think Green Bay will or should probably go wide receiver in the first round. I think tackle and corner makes a ton of sense, like we've said. Uh, but we've burned through those tackles, and I'm not confident enough in my corner evals uh, to take one here and feel really good about it. So uh, Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver out of Florida, is going to be my pick here. And if you haven't seen Tony play football, go change that as soon as this podcast is over. Uh, he's got a little Dante Hall, like stop and go motion. And I've seen some Percy Harvin comps out there as well. This guy's super sudden. He's a quick twitch freak. Um, he's not a polished player. He's not a finished product. He's a former high school quarterback. And you can still, you can tell he's still learning that wide receiver position. Uh, but you can tell that he loves the game and he loves having the ball in his hands. And what I love about the Packers situation specifically for Tony is that he can come in, he can be an offensive weapon without having to be wide receiver too. They have MVS, they have Alan Lazard, and then someone like Tony can slowly acclimate to a full-time receiver spot. Uh, but to start, he's a scary player that you can put on the field who would open up the offense even more and give them really a yards-after-catch monster, which would be a huge boost. I think something this offense is missing. So uh, the draft has fallen in kind of a weird place, but I'm really excited uh, to go ahead and get uh, Kadarius Tony out of Florida here, the wide receiver at number 29. So... You know, I know I'm going to take flack for the ETN thing. Kadarius Tony has a really high grade. In fact, he's going to have a higher grade than ETN is. So, like, <laughs> I figured you were going to pick Tony, oh, so I okay. didn't want to, like, okay. go all in there. But um, <laughs> he is so fun to watch. And there's, there's some similarities, I think, um, you know, on one hand to Brandon Ayuk with the 49ers. I think on another hand, there's some similarities to Jalen Rager. Um, not the like deep, like let's just throw nines right, to Jalen right. Rager, but like the catching behind the line of scrimmage and making guys look just foolish. Um, and I don't think the Eagles necessarily used Rager very well, and his transition was a little bit um, more difficult than, than Brandon Ayuk's. But yeah, I mean that that would be so much fun, and and that that's my whole philosophy here. Give Rodgers weapons. Heck, Tony's probably going to line up in the backfield a little bit for whatever yeah, team ends yeah. up drafting him. Um, and so, like, I think we're on the same wavelength from a playmaker standpoint. It's just that that label might be a little mm -hmm. bit different. But, yeah, I mean, heck, you could get a Demetric Felton kind of player um, a little bit later in this draft that's going to be, like, the B-plus version of Kadarius Tony um, or Travis Etienne, if, if you will. So lots of fun there. And yeah. um, that's why we do these exercises to see who, who all fall down there. And then you and I get to fight on Twitter about exactly. it for the next week. Exactly. So uh, let's wrap this thing up really quickly at, at pick 30. I have the Buffalo bills. I'm actually super tempted to go with ETN here because the running game stunk, but um, instead I'm going to go with uh, who is, who's my top linebacker left. Oh, uh, Nick Bolton from Missouri. They, the bills don't have a ton of holes, but I, I had written down, they could use an impactful linebacker. It looks like Matt Milano is going to leave in the off season. So he could really help their defense recover from what was a relatively rough 2020 campaign. Okay, so I'm up uh, number 31 with the Tampa Bay Bucks because they oh, are no, going to don't do it. They're going to lose this game. On, don't do uh, it. Yeah, 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that's gonna make Andrew upset here. But I, I went through an exercise earlier and I uh, I counted 16 teams in the NFL that could use a significant upgrade at the running back position, and the Bucks were one of those teams. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how early. Um, the running backs fly off the board, but then also where they go throughout the draft, because I think a lot of fans would like to pick one up late. It'll just be interesting how long they stay on the board. And I don't want to talk about the Tampa Bay Bucks. I certainly do not want to give them more talented players, uh, but somebody has to do it. And I don't know what the long-term plan is for the Bucks at running back. Uh, Ronald Jones has a year left on his deal. Fournette only signed a one-year contract there. So I'm, I'm reluctantly going to give them Travis Etienne here. Uh, from Clemson. I think he's a nice fit overall, uh, but I think his pass catching ability would also be a welcome addition with someone like Tom Brady there, uh, hopefully giving it, I guess, one last go in 2021, but uh, tough to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. Of course, you know, you're giving an aging quarterback a fantastic young running back. You criticize me for the same idea. But um, anyways, I pick 32. Uh, I have the Kansas City Chiefs because I am projecting them to win the Super Bowl. And I made the draft order. So take that, Kyle. Uh, I'm let's do something crazy here. Right. So uh, the we're at the last pick. Yeah, the fifth quarterback hasn't gone. So um, I'm just I'm I'm looking down my sheet here. (sighs) Which team is going to trade up for the quarterback? Okay, we want to get that fifth-year option. Uh, No, um, in fact, I'm going to trade up. Uh, We're going to give up a second and a third-round pick to move up to 32 for the San Francisco 49ers to get their second pick of the first round. And they are going to draft Mac Jones, quarterback out of Alabama. Um, I don't really like Mac Jones, but there's certainly enough smoke that I believe there is probably some fire there that some teams are falling in love with him. And if you're just asking him to distribute the ball to to your playmakers, I think Jones can be fine in the pros. And the 49ers have plenty of playmakers for him to get the ball to. That's going to allow them to move on from Garoppolo after the season. So, you know, you have Mac Jones sit behind him for one year. And then you just pay other guys uh, while, while, you know, Jones is on his rookie deal. So I I think that would make a little bit of sense. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I think that that happens all the time where teams want to get that fifth year option. Makes a ton of sense here that Mac Jones really does seem to have almost a little bit of that Daniel Jones uh, feel to him where teams are going to like him uh, as as that player that they want to bring into their organization, maybe from his uh, leadership and those kinds of things, even if the arm isn't maybe what you would hope it would be. I don't know. Yeah, the difference is Daniel Jones is, was like the leading rusher on the Giants for a significant portion of the season and mac jones has lead feet so that's true we love lead feet there's a strong track record for successful quarterbacks with lead feet but all right we um, have gone so far over because we absolutely love to talk the draft and this is fun we probably should have split it in half but i i I don't care we're gonna do a lot of fun things with the draft as we move forward so hopefully people are enjoying this but before we we get off what are your thoughts on the super bowl any predictions you know what? Um, I want the Kansas City Chiefs to win this as much as it's hard to see a team win two in a row. Um, I have a weird feeling that we're going to see another Tom Brady Super Bowl, though, and I that would be my prediction, not something that I uh, want to happen. Uh, but I think that there's a few things that are happening uh, as far as they play there at home. You can say that's an advantage or not. Uh, I just think that there's, there's some things... The weather does not look like it's going to be an easy easy game to play in. I think that that benefits the Bucks' defense, and things could be a little bit harder for the Kansas City Chiefs' offense to, to really get going and be ex- as explosive as we're used to seeing them. So I'm predicting an ugly game, and I think that we're going to see Tom Brady get his uh, Super Bowl MVP award while his defense actually carried him the whole way, and we're going to be mad about it. But that's my unhappy prediction. Wow. Okay, well, that's what surprising. You? What about you? Andrew? That's surprising to me. I already kind of mentioned I, I think the Chiefs are going to win. And the, the biggest threat to them is their offensive line because they're going to be starting four backups. That's a significant problem against this Tampa defense. Um, but you saw with the Bills what, what they were able to do in just having Mahomes either like run straight back and throw the ball 40 yards when it only went like 15 past the line of scrimmage <laughs> or uh, those like quick screens to Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey over the middle. And I just don't think 
any team in the NFL, Buccaneers or otherwise, have any chance of stopping that. I think potentially, you know, their best option is to slow them down. But the Kansas City defense is playing pretty good, too, and people don't give them enough credit. So to me, I think there's a really good chance the Chiefs can run away with this. Um, but if the Buccaneers can keep it close, that defensive line is going to be a problem down the stretch if if they're forced to to drop back. So we'll see what they can get going for the running game. But, um, you know, I'm going to watch despite my, you know, struggles know. from two weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, it'll be yeah. enjoyable. Thanks so much to everybody for sticking with us. I, I know the, these things can get long, but it's fun to learn about new draft prospects and talk about crazy trades and um, hopefully you, you hear the passion that Kyle and I have for this topic. And, and we're definitely going to be hitting this real hard as, as we move forward to the off season. Uh, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packety podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please remember to also follow at Packety podcast. Please subscribe and rate uh, the podcast if you like what we're doing. But you can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday throughout the offseason. We're going to be back next week with more coverage of the NFL offseason. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.